Good morning, Pathway. My name is Nate, and uh, I have the privilege and honor to be the next-gen pastor here. And uh, we're just so glad y'all are here. This is great. This is awesome. I heard one person that was excited about being here. Yay, yay, yeah. One fan, one fan. I love it. Yeah. Hey, this is awesome. This is going to be a good day. Hey, a couple things. Uh, we're just so glad y'all are here. And uh, the title today is, What's That Smell? Now, some of you already are looking at your neighbor, all right? What's that smell? So, so this is what I did. I did something here, okay? So I went to the $1.25 tree, okay? Went to that store. Not bitter about that at all, right? I mean, if you're gonna, if, don't be the dollar tree if you're charging $1.25, all right? That's another sermon for another day. But anyhow, so I went to the $1.25 tree store and uh, got some perfume, and I sprayed two chairs out here, two lucky winners, that, um, no, I'm just playing. I didn't do that. All right. That would have been cool though. Actually, I just did Pastor Brian's. All right. But, um, so he smells like $1.25 tree perfume today. Um, if you smell him, but what's that smell? You know, they say, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, but I also believe that, uh, there's some pictures that we can smell, right? You can smell the picture. So we're going to have a little bit of fun here and you're going to get why we're talking about this and having some fun with it, but we're going to show you the first picture pictures that smell. Yeah. Some of you are like, yeah, that takes me back. Or maybe you have kids and just you smell the Play-Doh. You know, it's a, be- it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful smell, right? Here's the next one. Oh, yeah. Oh, now I got your attention. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Well, 11 o'clock, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting close to lunch here. But there's a problem, right? They're closed today, right? Yeah. So some of y'all just really hate me right now, and that's, that, that, that's okay, um, but we're having some fun. So here's the next one. Oh, I know, man, I'm going to really shorten this sermon after seeing that, all right? Here's another one. Listen, that, that, that place right there, that's just like you prepare yourself for, for like a whole experience. I mean, what, what it, where else do you go that you go in there and they got a sink and you literally can try and do whatever you want, and you can spray as much as you want to spray. You can do whatever you want to do in there. You can wash yourself in there, do whatever it is. Not that I've been there, but you told me. You told me this. This is what you tell me, right, you know? No, I've been in there a few times, and man, it's just like when you go in there, and I'm following Wendy around, you know, just following her around, and there's just, they do such a good job. There's those ladies with those bags, and they just know. Like, let me hand you an oversized bag, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is, this is a whole sermon right here, but they hand you a whole oversized bag. Why do I need a bag that big? You know, why? Some of you know why, right? You know, so here we go. We'll keep moving. Oh yeah. Mm. You ever have that in your house where you just dump them all in like a big bin and then you just open it up and it's just, uh, yeah, it's just beautiful. Oh, hey, we may not be able to have Chick-fil-A, or even bacon, or maybe in Bath and Body Works, but we can have the beach. We're thankful for where we live, you know? We're thankful that we can be right there and smell the beach and that salt oh, and that sand, and right now, sweat. Um, you know, you can smell it all, right? It's a little warm, but hey, we're having some fun. You're gonna see why we're talking about this. And 11 o'clock, we're glad you're here. And so if you have your Bibles, we want you to turn to John chapter 12. And we're gonna start in verse one. And we're gonna go to verse eight, just eight verses as we go through this series. If you've been with us, you have seen this series, Rediscovering Jesus. 
And so today, you're going to learn shortly in this story why we're talking about the smell, okay? And we're having some fun with it, but we obviously got some really good stuff to get to today, and we want to make sure you guys get it. So if you have your Bibles with you, John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8, it'll also be on the screen for you today. But listen to this in God's Word. It's, this is so good today. Don't miss it. This is so good. There's so many good things in here, and I want you to get it today. It says this. Six days before the Passover, Jesus, therefore, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, with whom Jesus had raised from the dead. If you're here last week, you heard Dr. Smith talk about Lazarus. It was an amazing message. I encourage you to go back and listen to it, and uh, just that way you don't miss out. Verse 2, so they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus, Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Now, we're not going to talk about Lazarus much today because we talked a lot about him last week. I just love that now, you know, he's raised from the dead. Dr. Smith had some fun with it, talked about it last week. It's just, I just love the, the word of God. It's just saying he's just basically chilling. He's reclining at the table. I love this. He's like, you know what? I've been raised from the dead, brought back from heaven. All right, I'm just going to chill right here at the table. I love that. That's just my own weird way that I think. But anyhow, verse 3. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard. I love that word. But anyhow, pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Now you see where we're going here, right? The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? There's always one, right? Always one. He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and having charge of the money bag, he used it to help himself to what was put into it. Verse 7, Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, may you fill this place. May you fill it with your Holy Spirit today. May we leave this place changed because of no man, no person, but because of you and your Holy Spirit and your word today. So Lord, let us hear what it is you want us to hear. Lord, give me words to speak now. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So what's interesting here is God's word is so great, and we're going to kind of break this down a little bit, and we're going to break it down, and we're going to really focus on Mary at the end, but we'll, we'll get to her and, and where she's at and what's happening, but there's this special dinner being thrown for Jesus, and, and it's to honor him, and there's several guests here, and we're going to look at every one of them and their actions and how it became a testimony of their relationship with Jesus, and we're going to put ourselves in their places. And so what's interesting is, is that, like I said, we'll end with Mary at the feet of Jesus. But we'll get to Mary in a minute. But first, let's start with Martha. Let's start with Martha, who is a servant. Now, I want you to think about this. And if you, if you weren't careful, and we're going to reference, obviously, a story before about Mary and Martha. But I want you to get this as we focus on these verses today. We think about Martha, and through this whole sequence of events... There's only two words devoted to Martha. You probably missed it. And if you aren't careful, we may even miss it now. But if you're not careful, you don't see it. And it's so important. That's what's great about God's word. But there's just two words. And most of us probably missed it. But without a doubt, we could not probably find any more fitting, better words to describe Martha. And probably no less surprising of who Martha was. When we think about her and we think about even the stories before about Martha. 
And it says this in John 12 too. You probably missed it, right? It says this, Martha served. Martha serve. Did we really expect anything less from Martha? The first time we think about Martha and we, we hear about her and we see the situation and the story is, is that Martha's kind of running around like a crazy person, right? She's cooking for Jesus. She was busier than a, maybe a room full of kindergartners. She's going crazy. She's trying to understand it all. And obviously she even has a moment where she's upset and mad at Mary in that circumstance, in that story. I love this. I heard this. I thought this was good. Martha is literally like the Martha Stewart of ancient Israel. I thought that was funny. It's like she just can't get enough, right? She just wants to do it all. But this is what I love about this story and about these scriptures that we're talking about is this, is that there's something different about her this time. Did you notice it? Did you notice it? We probably all missed it, but that's what's great is when we dig into God's word and we see this. This time, the Bible doesn't say anything about her being worried or upset She's not hollering at Mary, her sister, or criticizing her for taking a break. There are no signs of stress or frustration. Just two simple words that together almost sound serene. Martha served. Martha served. I think about us and I think about kind of our our own stories, right? We're we're, we're kind of going from one thing to the next, right? And we want to be involved and we want to serve and we want to serve others. We want to serve God. We want to rediscover him in a new and fresh way. But what happens is that many of us, we got such a a long to-do list and we're so crazy and we're so stressed out and we're anxious, right? Amen. Anybody, huh? And so what happens is, is that many times we miss what he's trying to show us in these things. But what I love about Martha is, is that I believe Martha finally found her rhythm, I believe that she's learned these important things today that many of us could get. I believe she's learned the importance of slowing down and being still. Come on now, church. Obviously, Mary and Martha are two different people, and that's okay to be different than somebody else. This is the way that God made Martha. He made her to serve, and I believe she's discovered the joy of serving Jesus without getting worried or upset over the details. Come on now, church. Now, some of you that are detail per- people, you're, this drives you maybe insane, right? Like if you ask somebody, like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? And they're like, I don't know. Just going to see what happens. I mean, you got from like 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. all like decked out, like you're ready. Like somebody that just says, yeah, we'll just see what happens tomorrow. Like you almost have a panic attack in that moment, right? Some of you know what I'm talking about. But what's interesting is, is that God's made us all different in how we serve and how we rediscover Jesus in a certain way. But I love that in this story, in this moment, there's just two words, Martha served. I believe she's finally finding her rhythm to say, you know what? I'm going to calm down a little bit. I'm going to be still. I'm going to slow down a little bit. I love this. I had someone tell me this years ago, and he said this. said, you can be busy for God, and he'll let you keep going and keep going until finally he'll put you on your back to where the only place you can look is look up. Because sometimes we get so busy working for God and, and doing things for God and trying to serve Jesus, we forget about our relationship with Jesus. And so I like this. So it's interesting is that now I wouldn't say that I'm a, I'm a city guy, but I'm definitely 
I like the city. We, we lived in the city and for a while, and, and uh, we loved it there. And, and, but, but growing up, I, I kind of lived out a little bit, but I had, I had an uncle. I didn't live out. Just don't, I don't want you to get the wrong picture. I didn't live out in the woods or nothing, all right? But I'm just saying I lived out a little bit. But my uncle, actually, in Ohio, he had a dairy farm. Yeah, I know some of you can't believe that, but I worked on his dairy farm in the summers a lot when I was a teenager, young, cool, hip, Strong teenager bailing some hay. If you know what that is, you, you bail some hay and you get real strong and you do that. I need to bail some hay maybe tomorrow, all right? But, but what was interesting is, is that if you've ever, some of you know what this is. It's, it's, it's a wheelbarrow. Some of you have used these before. Some of you, maybe you haven't. But what's interesting is, is that what we would do is, is that we would do a lot with wheelbarrows. We'd, we'd throw a lot in there. And sometimes even if you're up north, you know, when you're like in the fall, you put leaves in here a lot, other things like that. But my uncle had this dairy farm, and there was one thing he'd love for us to come and help him with, and that was shoveling certain things, right? You know, shoveling stuff, right, and putting it in there. You know what kind of stuff I'm talking about. And so what happens is, is that it's interesting is that for many of us, I believe, this is an illustration we're going to get to, is that we're kind of like Martha, and we're, we're, a, we're a busy Christian. We're maybe what I call a working Christian, but maybe we're just one of those Christians. And I thought what was interesting is that I heard this illustration, a buddy of mine told me, and I, and I love this, and it's kind of like this, is that we're kind of like wheelbarrows sometimes. Because what happens is, is when, when I'd work on that farm, and sometimes it, it, was, it was a lot of weight. There was a lot of stuff in there. And uh, sometimes I'd try to, you know, get it going. You'd be stuck in a rut, or you'd have to get it up over a ledge or something. And when it's full, man, these things are hard to push. And then sometimes when you're going, man, some of you guys are going to laugh at this, but you get what I'm saying. Maybe you're just like, Nate, you're terrible at a wheelbarrow. Maybe that's all right. But sometimes you get going and it would like spill. You know, you get it and you're like, oh, you know, maybe it's just me. I'm just terrible at my job. That's why I got fired. But so what's interesting is I thought that was a good illustration because sometimes I believe that's us as Christians, right? We're hard to push and we get easily upset. Come on now, church. And then we just start throwing manure everywhere. That's the stuff I was talking about that we filled it up with. Yeah, you knew where I was going. But, but I'm guilty. I'm talking about myself today. I'm guilty of this, right? Like, man, he's calling me to rediscover him. He wants me to slow down. He wants me to not worry about all the details. And he's trying to get me. He's trying to push me. He's trying to get me, right? He's trying to push me. And then finally he gets me. Then I just get easily upset about stuff. Just me. Ooh, we got quiet, Right? I mean, we shouldn't even go there, right? Oh, we turn on the news, upset, spilling manure everywhere. And you just start spilling your manure all over everybody. Now, I know that's a terrible illustration, and I'll probably get an email about it later. That's all right. You're probably the one spilling your manure everywhere, right? So just save your email. I don't want your manure, all right? But it's so true, and this is what I think, and I, and I know we're having some fun with Martha and even picking on her maybe a little bit in, in some ways, but what I love is, is that I believe she found her rhythm. And I believe what it is is that for many of us, God has called us all different, whether we're Mary or Martha, and we'll get to Mary in a little bit, or, or whatever it may be, but there's things in our life that, 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 that we're like these wheelbarrows as Christians, and we're just hard to push, and we get easily upset, and we're just throwing our stuff everywhere. And I love what Colossians 3.23 says this, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. So working for the Lord, not for men. What's interesting about Martha is, is this, is that what happens is that many of us, we do love to serve. I'm guilty of, of, of certain things of being too busy sometimes for the Lord. I'm busy of not slowing down. I'm busy of like saying, I just need to be still. 
I want, I want God, I want to rediscover Jesus in a way that they just said, Nate served. I want to be talked like, like that, like Martha was. Just Martha served. She found a rhythm. What happens is for many of us, and you know who you are maybe, if you're a servant and you like to be maybe what you'd say a busy Christian, I like to, like I said earlier, call a working Christian is this, is that working Christians need to be on guard not to become worried Christians. Because sometimes we get so busy and we're just going and we're just doing all the stuff and, and we're just doing our thing. And then what happens is we get worried. We get anxious, right? We're like, I'm, I'm worried about it now. And then sometimes you're, you're maybe like Martha, even in the story prior to this, is, this, is that you get worried and you're like, is anyone else going to do anything about it? Am I the only one to do anything about it, right? And you become worried and you, you get yourself worked up. And there again, we're picking a little bit on, on Martha, but you think about it is, is anyone else going to step up to serve? And then you start spilling your stuff everywhere because you're upset and, and, and you're, am I the only one, right? You look around, it's kind of like that. You ever do that even in your marriage? Like, you're like, am I the only one giving here? You look at it maybe in your family. Am I the only one doing anything here? And you become worried, you become anxious, you become so worried. He's trying to tell you to slow down, right? It's like yesterday, I went to, that, to the mission field. I went to Walmart and, and so I was, I, was, I was there. God bless that place. And so I, you know, and, and, and years, I don't know how long it's been now, but I did a sermon about returning your shopping carts. So I was doing my thing and I was returning my shopping carts, but there's shopping carts everywhere. And I'm like, is anyone else going to do what they're supposed to do? And I'm just, oh, I'm like, you know, shaking, right? I'm just becoming a worried Christian and I'm just pushing my wheelbarrow, really my cart, and I'm just throwing manure everywhere, right? And all I went in there was for three things, three things. And God helped me big time, man. It was beautiful, yeah. But here's what I want you to say. Maybe to you, Martha's out there today, and we're having obviously some fun, but it's, you, you, you gotta get this, and you gotta understand that some of us are built different. Some of us may need to catch up to you. It may take us a little longer to, to get to where you are. Maybe you are that serving Christian and you're working and you're, you're in it and you're all on it and you got the details and you just, just give some of us a chance to catch up. We're all made differently, but I want you to think about that. But I believe Martha today and what I think I could hopefully see from this is that I believe she found her place. I believe she slowed down. She wasn't anxious, and I believe she was still, and she did what God made her to do. She rediscovered Jesus in a new and fresh way, and she slowed down, and she was still, but she did something she loved to do, and she served. And I believe that God's calling many of us that are Martha's to do that, and maybe some of us to become Martha's. The second person that we see in this story is Judas. We could, we could talk for days on Judas, and, and maybe I'll try to share a, a brief history of Judas if this is new to you. Maybe you've never heard of Judas or anything, but what's interesting about Judas is this, is that as soon as Mary broke open the, the bottle of perfume, what's interesting is, is that out of nowhere, boom, right, there's Judas, 
right? As soon as Mary's doing what she feels called to do and she's opening up her perfume, she's giving it her all, she's surrendering everything. She said, I'm gonna do this for Jesus. I'm gonna rediscover him in a new and fresh way. I'm gonna just give everything I have. I'm gonna give this perfume. I'm gonna do it all. And then boom, there's Judas, right? There's always one, right? There's always one. And we can laugh about it because it's true, It says this in John 12, 5, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. I love what the NLT version says in 12, 6. It says this, not, I love how John kind of, John kind of dug it, right? John just kind of dug at Judas a little bit. It says this, not that he cared for the poor, he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole for himself. What's interesting about Judas is is this, is that here's the deal about Judas. Judas Judas knew the price of everything but the value of nothing. He knew the price of everything but the value of nothing. For many of us, maybe that's us. There's always one, right? There's always one. You're trying to serve like Martha. Martha. And there's somebody there. You're trying to serve like Mary. You're giving it your all. You're maybe even at a point where you're at embarrassment because you're giving a year's wages of perfume worth and saying, I'm going to put it on Jesus' feet. I'm going to just give it all. I'm going to surrender it all. And there's always one saying, why why, why are you doing that, right? There's always like that Monday morning quarterback. Like, oh, I would have done better. I would have preached that sermon way better than you. You have no clue. There's always somebody right there to get you. And you think about Judas and you think about his story and as maybe this is the first time you're here and I'm going to, this is very brief, but you think about Judas and how he spent all this time, he spent three years with Jesus and he was in his inner circle. He traveled the dusty roads following Christ's footsteps. He witnessed amazing miracles and he heard the words of life as they fell from the lips of the son of God himself. Those who watched at a distance probably thought Judas was the real deal. He seemed so spiritual, right? But the truth was Judas wasn't. He pretended what he, what he pretended to be, he was selfish. He was cynical. He was deceitful. He pretended to love Jesus, but all he really cared about was himself, his position, his possessions, and his power. Now, this is it. I wish I could give credit. This is years ago, and you can take this for what it's worth. Years ago, somebody shared this with me, and man, I th- it just stuck with me, and it's kind of in a, in a you know, young, cool, hip kind of wording, but just, just bear with me, all right? He said this to me, and he was talking in this, and it was at, I think it was at like a conference or maybe it was a message or something. He said, be careful of the Judases in your life that are right there to kiss you, but right there to diss you. And I thought that was interesting. I don't remember what all he was talking about that today, but I believe he was trying to say, be careful of the people in your life. That's kind of like what he did to Mary, right? Gotcha. Why are you doing that? Mary's just trying to serve and do her thing that she believes in rediscovering Jesus in her life. But there's always somebody, right? And we're going to talk about it a little bit later. But maybe you're surrendering. We even heard it in testimony. Hey, we're going to move from Texas to Florida because we feel like that's what God wants to do. Guaranteed they had some Judas saying, why are you doing that? That don't make no sense. That's the craziest thing ever. Some of you that have moved here, a lot of people have moved here recently. And you felt like maybe God came or, or called you to come here or whatever it is. Maybe he's called you into something. And there's always somebody in your life, right? Why are you doing that? That don't make any sense. 
you think about this. Now, this is what we're going to do, and, and this is a hard subject, and, and just bear with me and, 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 and just get this today. And, and maybe you're new to the church, you're new to the faith, and maybe you're here today, and this is the first time you're hearing any of this. And, and, and I want you to, to just hear me all out before I say it all. But what's interesting is about Judas is that Jesus had a word for people like Judas, right? You already know where I'm going for. Some of you know this. Religious people whose character wasn't consistent with their creed. Over and over throughout the Gospels, he called them what? Hypocrites. Do you know this is what's interesting? The word hypocrite comes from the Greek theater. Hypocrite was the Greek word for actors who wore masks and performed on stage. Woo, man, come on now. Some of us are wearing some masks today. We got to get the mask off today. We got to quit being like Judas. We're somebody in the story today. And so for many of us, and, and I hate sometimes always reading studies and what's interesting, but LifeWay Research did this. 72% of people surveyed believe that churches are full with hypocrites. Now, 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 hang on. Don't get crazy. Don't leave yet. This is what's interesting. I love Zig Ziglar, and this is what he said. He said this. He invited a friend to church with him one time, and his friend said, I would come, but everybody knows the church is full of hypocrites. Zig Ziglar responded, oh, it's okay. There's always room for one more. Come, come. Come. If you're new to the faith, you're new to church, I just want to let you know something. I want to let you know it is real quick. All right, this is it. We're a bunch of imperfect people that follow a perfect Savior. Okay? Yeah. Don't look to me. I'm a, I'm a human. I'm a man. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to disappoint you. I'm, I'm going to spill stuff all over you probably with my wheelbarrow. I may not even return my cart one day. Probably not because I want to do that forever. But there's going to be things I do. There's going to be things I do. Don't look to me, look to Jesus. But I'm going to do everything I can, and I know our pastoral staff and, and, and our whole staff, we, we are going to do all we can to help lead, guide, and direct and do everything that we say and do and point you to Jesus, to point you to Jesus. And I know many of you sitting here, you're the same way, and that's all you want to do. You want to point people to Jesus. But we are messed up people that many of us have wore a mask, are wearing a mask, and we're going to take care of it. We're going to talk a little bit more about it. Right or wrong, here it is. If you're a Christian, you ought to know your neighbors and coworkers have their little hypocrisy radar scanning your lives 24-7. So what are they looking for? What are they picking up on their radar screens as they look at your life? Are you somebody different at home and somebody different at work and then somebody different at church? Oh, yeah. That's the most singing you're going to get out of me, and that was bad. Sorry. But what are they picking up on the radar screens? What, when they are scanning your life, what do they see? Man, I thought about this last night. Me and, me and my crew... We're, we're out running around the neighborhood last night, you know, you know, obviously we got two kids and a dog and a dog and Winnie and I, man, I, I, I'm going to give, I don't even know if she's in this service. She's singing on a worship team, but uh, Tuesday is 19 years of marriage for us. Oh, that's crazy. And you know what that means? We're getting old. That's all that means. That's all that means. We're getting old. We're getting old. So we got our crew out running around the neighborhood and we're out there and we're throwing the footballs. We're walking and everything. And, you know, brother's picking on sister, sister's picking on brother. You, if you got kids, you know. And, and so we're, they're all running ahead and doing stuff. And I'm like, hey, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, neighbors are probably watching me right now. Seeing, you know, everyone's always watching. I'm using a funny story, but they're always watching. What are they picking up? What are they picking up? Here's what I want to ask you today, church. Maybe, maybe you are wearing a mask. 
Maybe no one else sees it. Maybe your wife sees it, though. Maybe your husband sees it. Maybe our kids see it. Maybe it is a neighbor. Maybe it is a coworker. But I believe today that you could rediscover Jesus in a new and fresh way and saying, I'm done. I'm tired of being that one person, kind of like Judas, and saying, why are you doing it? Don't do it this way. Don't do it that way. Kind of being that person, a contrarian, right? Somebody that's just always the negative, always the stuff, always the one, right? Always the one pushing your wheelbarrow. Like, man, I'm doing good, man. I'm such a good Christian, man. Look at me pushing my stuff. Look at it. It's just good. And you don't even know it. You're just spilling the manure all over people. Take off the mask. Take it off. I believe he has something new for you. You don't have to keep living up to something that you feel like that you can't get over. Give it to Jesus. I know that's easier said than done. It may, it may happen like that. It may. It may be a journey. It may be years. But I'm saying take it off. Last one is Mary. A lot, lot to say here about Mary. But what I love about Mary, and as we kind of just jump right into this story, and what's interesting is, is this, is that Mary didn't even have to defend herself. In this story, in this scripture, I love how Jesus just jumps right in. And it's kind of like he just had that fire in him, right? He just was like jumping right in. Why are you criticizing her? Mary's giving it her all. Why are you criticizing her? Look what she's done. She's done a good thing. You will always have the poor among you, but you won't always have me. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare me for my burial. Jesus defends her. There's times maybe in your life and you don't understand it and you don't get it and you're saying, Jesus, I want to rediscover you. I want to give it you my all. I want to surrender all to you and you got family and other people that don't understand it. He will defend you, church. He will step up for you. It may not be easy, but he will defend you. I love how he defends Mary and is saying, why are you criticizing her? I love that. And I love this about Mary. And as we think about this prophecy being fulfilled in this moment, Mary had such an intimate relationship with Jesus. She had sat at his feet, savoring his word. She had fell at his feet, sharing her woes. And now she kneels at his feet, showing his worth. Man, I thought that was beautifully said. She loved Jesus so much. She had better insight than many of the men who had followed Jesus for the past three years. I don't know where you're at in your relationship. I don't know what's going on. But I believe that Mary shows us the greatest example saying, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to give everything I have. It doesn't matter the embarrassment. I'm going to give it my all. So she gave an alabaster jar perfume worth a year's salary, broke it open, and used it to anoint Jesus' feet, drying them with her hair. There's nothing maybe it sounds or seems a little crazier than that, but that's what she did to say, I surrender it all to you, Jesus. I want to show you your worth and for what you have done, but what you're going to do for me. For Mary, no sacrifice was too expensive. No service was too embarrassing. Maybe that's you today. You're saying, I can't afford to follow Jesus and surrender it all. I can't afford the embarrassment to give Jesus everything and surrender all to him. I'm saying to you today is Jesus was worth it for Mary and he is worth it for you. So think about that, church. As we asked that, I was convicted of myself. Think about it. What you make in a year. Whatever that amount is, can you imagine pouring every penny of it out at the feet of Jesus? Our sacrifice doesn't seem as big now, does it? It doesn't seem as big, does it? 
it doesn't seem as embarrassing, does it? When you put it in that perspective, right? You can't give Jesus too much. He's worth all that we have and all that we are today, church. So I want you to get this today, no matter where you are, and I want you to get it. The Christian walk can be tough. We understand it. Life, this journey called life that we're all trying to do and take together, it is hard sometimes. It's tough sometimes. If you watch the news, there's a whole new pandemic every day. There's all these things that are trying to scare you. I'm just saying, let's get to the feet of Jesus and say, I'm going to give it all to you. I know it's tough. I know life's hard, but I'm going to give it to you, Jesus. So maybe you feel down, depressed, discouraged. Maybe you're disappointed right now. I'm asking you, will you just today say, I'm going to surrender it all. I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus and surrender it all. I'm going to give him my discouragement. I'm going to give him my disappointments. I'm going to give these moments that I feel used and abused and unappreciated. Just remember, Jesus is worth it today. Maybe you feel and you're here and you keep trying and you feel like you're treading water. You keep trying. You seem like you're getting nowhere, whatever that situation is in your life. And you're wore out and you're discouraged and you're depressed and you're anxious and you're just all these emotions of things. And you're just like, where do I go? What do I do? I believe as we talked about Martha, but I believe also as Mary, we just say, we're going to give you whatever we have, whatever that amount is. And we're going to surrender it all and say, Jesus, I need you to take it. I need you to surrender my life to you. Jesus is worth your time. Jesus is worth your effort. Jesus is worth all the pain and frustration. Nothing we ever do for the glory and honor of Jesus is ever a waste, church. You've got to hear that today. I love what this says in Revelation 5.12. It says this, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. This is it. Jesus is worth it, and there's no better place than to be at his feet. So I'm going to ask you today, church, how much is he worth to you? How much is he worth to you? How much is he worth to you? What are you willing to pour out at his feet today? Maybe you got to give him something. You got to give him something. He's asking for something. He's not even asking for all of it. He's just asking for something. He's just asking for a piece of it, whatever it may be. We want to give it all that the house is filled today. I love this story. What's that smell? It's the smell of sacrifice, church. It's the smell of sacrifice saying, we will give our all to Jesus and we will sit at his feet. We will be still and we will know that we surrendered all that he's asked us to surrender. So church, here it is. Maybe you're here today and we've talked about a lot of different people and a lot of different characters in this story. And maybe you're new to the Christian faith. I want to ask you and I want to challenge you is this. Maybe you're here today and you're lonely. You're lonely. I want to just invite you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ today. I want to invite you to sit at his feet today and be lonely no more because you have Jesus. Will there be lonely times? Yes. Yes. Maybe you're sitting here and you're going through grief today. Whatever that grief is, sit at his feet today. 
Maybe you're sitting here today and you're just going through this moment of, of a tough time in your life. I'm asking you to, to give it your all and sacrifice it and say, I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to give it to him, whatever it may be. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it is your kids. Maybe it is a coworker. Maybe it's somebody in your life. But I'm going to ask you to make that commitment today. I don't care about the embarrassment. I don't care about the criticism. I'm going to give it all and kneel at the feet of Jesus. But if you need to come to know Jesus today, we're going to invite you. Just like Martha, Judas, and Mary, how you live your life will one day be a testimony to your relationship with Jesus. Wherever you are in your relationship, I want to invite you to join Mary at the feet of Jesus. I want you to pour out your heart, your love, your worship, your life, your soul, you're all to him. Because amazing things happen at the feet of Jesus. So there's three questions. Are you Martha, Judas, or Mary today? Do you need to take off the mask today? Come on now. And what are you willing to pour out at his feet today? We prayed at the beginning, Lord, don't allow us to leave this place the same way we came in. Allow us to be different, not because of any man or anything, but because of you. And so I don't know if you know Jesus. I don't know if you have a personal relationship with him. I don't know if you're the one with the mask on today. I don't know if you're like Martha and you're kind of worried and anxious and you're going. I don't know if you're the person that's kind of carrying around your wheelbarrow and, you know, you at least got pushed. I'm at least pushing it, but the whole way you're just, you're just spilling it all over everybody. And you just need to take care of it. And you just say, I need to rediscover Jesus in a whole new and fresh way. And we're going to allow that opportunity as this Holy Spirit comes into this place in a new and fresh way, obviously as we sing and as we always open up our altars and up the front and all, all, the, all the different ways. But, but I, I thought about this, and, 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 and sometimes you, you, you got to go back because you can miss it. But I was thinking about this, and, and, I, and, I, and I thought about this, and I remember my, my freshman year of college. And I remember, thank, thank the Lord that God sent some amazing men in my life. I remember in that moment, freshman year of college, and I just remember going down and surrendering it all to Jesus. And, and, and it, when you think about it, and you think about where you were, but also where you could have been, right? If it wasn't for Jesus. And so I, I think I, I just, in that moment, as I was thinking about that and thinking about and praying for this message, I thought about that moment and I just thought, why, why, why do I forget that moment at times? Why do I not think about it when, when, when things are tough, right? When life gets hard. And there's been many times I've had to go back and do the same thing and say, Lord, we take the mask off. 
Will you take my wheelbarrow? I've thrown too much stuff on other people. And just say, I'm going to surrender it all. It doesn't matter what it costs me. It doesn't matter where you move me. It doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter about the judices in my life. Say, why would you do that, Nate? It doesn't matter. I'm going to give you my all. It doesn't matter the cost. It doesn't matter the embarrassment. I'm going to surrender all to you. Now, I wish I could tell you that, man, oh, it just is great, and then I get up and everything's perfect, right? No, that's not true at all. It's a journey. It's a journey. I'll never forget that moment when I gave my life and totally surrendered to Christ. I'm just asking you, what is it today? You're somebody. You're either Martha, Mary, or Judas. You're one of them. But maybe you need to give your life to Christ. I'm telling you, don't leave here today without doing it if you need to do it. That's not a pressure from me. You only feel it from the Holy Spirit and from Jesus. That's no pressure from me. That's the only way the Holy Spirit speaks. But maybe you need to take a mask off. Maybe you need to take care of your wheelbarrow. Maybe you're a worried Christian and you're just too crazy and all the stuff and you're just like, I need to be like Martha. I just need to be still. I need to rediscover Jesus in a new and fresh way. So we're going to sing this song called I Surrender. And we're available up front. Maybe today you just need to surrender it all. And so as we sing this song, I'm going to ask you to stand. And as you stand, I want you to think about this. You can go ahead and stand. Our day will go on as a normal Sunday, right? For most of us. What if today was the day? that it wasn't a normal Sunday? What if today was the day that it wasn't a normal Sunday? And you rediscovered Jesus in a new and fresh way. As we sing this song, may the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you. And may his face shine upon you like never before today. In Jesus' name. As we get ready to respond, I just feel led to say this one quick thing. As Pastor Nate's speaking, I feel the spirit stirring. I don't know if it's just me or I don't know if it's for somebody else in the room. But I just wanted to say that as, as we get ready to meet him with whatever it is that we're here to surrender or need to surrender, there is no Jericho that could be in your life or in our lives that he can't bring down. So whatever it is that you're facing or, or dealing with or holding on to that you need to surrender, just know that not because I said it, but he's prom his promises. There is nothing, no, no, no thing in your life or mine that God can't bring down if we just meet him like he, like he had the Israelites march. We just need to move towards God.
So as we get ready to respond, just meet him with whatever it is you have and leave it here today.
You know, we say this a lot every week just because we say amen and officially say dismiss, right? That doesn't mean it's over. And here, we're out there, obviously. We'll be available. We'll be up front. There's some people just sitting at the feet of Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. If you're new here, we just want to say welcome. We're so glad you're here. We ask that you prayerfully consider making Pathway Church your church home and that we can do this crazy thing called life together. And so we'd love to get to know you more, and there's a welcome center right out those doors. And we can hopefully get to know you a little more, and you can get to know us, and get to know about Jesus, and get to know whose you are. So that's what we love, that opportunity. So don't miss out on that. We're going to pray. Just give it to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we just commit all this to you. Thank you for filling this place, your church, your bride, with your Holy Spirit today. May we surrender whatever it is and give it to you. Life is hard, life is crazy. There's no better place than to be at the feet of Jesus. That's what we want to do. And we want to rediscover you in a new and fresh way. Be with us now as we go. We begin our day and our week in this journey called life. In Jesus' name.